Hi, everybody. My name's Sam. I'm an alcoholic. I got that disease. Alcoholism affects my mind, body, and spirit. And um, so I will tell you that my last drunk was Halloween 1979. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, and I, I want to thank you for your nice greeting, making me feel warm, coming here, the good food. That's always a big plus, you know. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I, I, uh, what I like about open meetings is it makes me go back and remember my alcoholism and where it took me, and that's where I'm going to take you, right through my alcoholism. And that's what an open meeting does. It's for people to identify with alcoholics. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, uh, I would tell you that uh, I grew up with two alcoholic parents, and um, the rule in our house was... You get the glass on the table, we'll fill it. And all of us, five kids, had double shot glasses. And they all had a dog on it, so we knew whose glass was. So all we'd do is just put it out there, and if they were drinking a drink, they held the ice and poured it in. If they were drinking beer, they just poured a beer, you know, whatever. And then I never had a problem with alcohol. And uh, we had a summer place, uh, and we used to go there, and, and us kids would have Kool-Aid on the porch. We didn't have any, uh, no ice, uh, no, uh, I, no electric, so we had an ice box. And so the, the wine, my dad had a gallon of wine, and, and then we had Kool-Aid. So we'd mix half Kool-Aid, half wine, you know. No problem with alcohol. Everything, you know, just things were great until I got into junior high school, and I was... Uh, I was in the seventh grade, and um, <clears throat> I, uh, a friend of mine, uh, this, this, yeah, he come over to the house, and he goes, hey, man, he said, I got three quarters of a fifth of wine. And I go, I've been drinking all along, you know. I was, oh, and I, I made a pig of myself, you know, and, down, and I got drunk. And I, and I did not black out. I just got drunk, and I stumbled around, and everybody's going, shh, you know, and doing all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, screw off, you know. And, and then, um, so then, so now, you know, I, now I was captured, you know. And I didn't realize that I never really was dependent on before, but now I was, I was, I liked that glow. I liked that, that good feeling. Never captured that good feeling after that, you know. I used to go right into blackout drinking. But anyway, I, uh, and it, and I, I can't apologize for my story. I was, I was a crazy drunk. I was insanely drunk when I was drunk. And so I did crazy things. And um, I can't apologize for that. If you don't identify with that, you may identify with the fact that I put alcohol in and I couldn't drink safely. You know, I learned that. I could not drink safely. I had no idea what I was going to do, what I was going to say, what I'm going to do. You know, I didn't know. And um, so the second time I got drunk, uh, the kid at the school, his dad owned a store, and he'd steal wine from his dad and sell it to us, two-fifths for a buck. Thunderbird. So that's my first blackout, and I drank the whole, the whole bottle of Thunderbird. And I was crazy, you know. Uh, we, we, uh, uh, I, wo I woke up the next morning, you know, and I, I'm looking around the room. I'm going, damn, oh, okay, I'm over at my friend's house. And, um, and, and, but I can't move uh, this thumb, you know, I can't move it. And I'm going, what's going on, you know? And uh, he, he wakes up and he goes, 
Oh, he says, my mom's really mad at you. And I go, well, what's that, you know? He said, well, you was crawling around the roof last night, you know? And I, I don't remember that, you know? But I, I uh, and I said, well, what about my thumb? He says, well, we got a little knife fight in the kitchen and he cut part of my thumb off, you know? So we just taped it up, poured some, uh, you know, stuff on it. And, um, you know, and that, and that didn't bother me. That was like, you know, that stuff happens, you know. Uh, yeah, these were kids that I grew up with. We used to take a bayonet and play splits. And one time I caught the bayonet right in the shins. And it stuck and then it fell out, you know. And, I, I, you know, I remembered that, you know. <laughs> but I was never chicken. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, um, so, so, you know, when he says, uh, my mom's really upset, the first thing that went through my mind was, Oh, I hope your mom doesn't call my dad, because my dad, he, he didn't like, he, he would drink, get drunk, do crazy stuff, but he didn't like when us kids got in trouble, you know. He kicked shit of us, you know. And, um, and that was my concern. Not that I was crawling around a rough drunk, but that my dad was going to find out, you know. And, um, you know, it, it made sense to me at the time. And anyway, um, so, so I go through junior high school, and I drink, and... And my friends start to drop away, you know. They don't like the way I drink, you know, because uh, I get insanely drunk. I just do. And I, and I was a binge drinker. I didn't, it was not a maintenance drinker. I didn't drink every day. I mean, I, the longest binge I was on uh, was uh, I left out of uh, New York on a plane, headed for New Orleans, and woke up in San Francisco. I don't know. I don't know how that happened or what three days later. Um, so I couldn't tell you where I went. <laughs> What I did, I don't know, you know, and um, and, and and you you know, today that would scare me, you know, if I didn't know where I'd been and what I was doing. Back then, I I really didn't care. I'd already learned I'd already learned an attitude of I don't give enough, you know, and I, that's that's just what I said. And um, so anyway, uh, uh, when I was seventeen, I was in high school, and um, uh, my dad, uh, I had a. 49 Chev was raked and scavenged out the but you know, kid's car, and the police picked on it. So I told my dad, I says, I, I got to borrow your car tonight. And he says, why? And I said, well, I got a date. And so he says, okay, uh, he says, I'm not driving your car either. <laughs> you know? He says, uh, you pick me up at midnight. I said, no problem. You know, and at 1.30 in the morning, I took out a telephone pole with nine kids in the car. Nobody got hit. Nobody got hurt. We hit that pole dead center, and it was an anchor pole, and it went straight over back behind us. It was up on uh, Denny and Yesler. And um, I, uh, <clears throat> the police gave chase all through Seattle for several uh, blocks. And um, finally, I, I, I came, the hood flew up and everything, and I'm driving <laughs> through the little crack. And um, anyway, I, I finally, I, it was all red lights, and there was no red lights here, so of course I turned. And when I did, they were all red lights there, you know. And there was nine police cars. And they took each one of his kids in a separate police car to the youth center. So I got my first youth center um, when I, you know, I was 17. And actually, um, you know, they, they charged me with DWI, but my dad's, my grandpa was a lawyer. And he knew the lawyer, so he said, okay, this is what you tell him. So we went into court, and, and they, uh, they said, uh, 
you know how you played not guilty? How much you drink? I said, a few beers. And the judge says, now I'm going to tell you about perjury, you know, and all this shit, you know. And I had remembered that the lawyer said, now if he gives response not good to that, then you tell him we had a case between us. So I said, well, we had a case between us. Okay, so that's better, you know. So, so anyway, because I was a minor, they didn't have any, uh, you know, um, way to, you know, I was too young. I couldn't do a breathalyzer or anything. So they didn't get a conviction out of it. And, um, and so then, uh, you know, I, uh, my dad was upset about the car and everything, you know. And uh, so I just left and I went into the Navy. I was in, you know, I just, I just went in the Navy. Uh, at 17, he'd already signed for me. And um, so I went in and um, by the time I was 19, uh, I, was, I was getting a lot, a lot of trouble in the Navy. Not on the ship, not when we were working, not when we were over in Vietnam, not, none of that, you know. But when I went ashore, all bets were off, you know, and I'd go on a binge. And uh, so the, the uh, uh, by the time I was, I was a lot of captain's masks, Article 13s. So I had a lot of those. In fact, I had too many. So they brought me up on a summary court-martial. So I was 19 years old, and I quit drinking. I go, oh, the light came on. I'm going to have to quit drinking because I don't, I don't, you know, they're going to kick me out of the Navy if I don't do this. And, um, and I woke up a short amount of time later in the drunk tank again. I always ended up in a drunk tank. You know, I was in San Francisco, Oakland, Alameda. I, you know, I just, a lot of drunk tanks. And so anyway, um, I, 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 I said, I did the foxhole prayer. I said, God, Get me out of this one, and I'll never do it again. And I'll go to church, and I'll do all these wonderful things. And um, so the, the guard lets everybody out into the holding area, and he gets me my values. He says, you wait over here. He says, shore patrol's coming from you. And it was a long haul like this going down, and the door was out there, you know. And so I was waiting there, and all of a sudden, man, and the door opens. Man, I seen daylight. I was gone, you know. And so I got out of that. They did not... The Navy never found out about that one, you know. So then I went up for the court-martial, and the prosecutor defended me, and the defense prosecuted me. I don't get that either, you know. But, uh, so they didn't do anything, and I got out of the Navy. And um, <clears throat> so then I went into the Merchant Marine. I got married, um, had, had a, a couple of kids, and uh, I, uh, I worked fire department. Um, first, I worked fire department, and um, so I got... A DWI. I was uh, two-lane road, and I was went across in the ditch, crossed on traffic, oncoming traffic, and I was passed out in the car. So back then, um, the the uh, lawyer uh, said, "Well, he wasn't driving the car. Uh, motors running, everything. I was just passed out. But I wasn't driving it because I was passed out. So so they had what they called physical control. So they reduced it to." in physical control of the car, but I wasn't driving it. And so I didn't have a DWI in my room. <laughs> and uh, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> no, you got your don't. keys, and you're drunk, you're done. But, but back then, they, that's what they did. So they, this enabled me to keep drinking, you know. And, um, and then uh, the third DWI, uh, my, um, my brother-in-law was a Vietnam vet, and he was, locked himself in the house and, you know, all the stuff, the guns and stuff. And so all the sheriffs were out there and barricaded, you know, 
I get out of the car with a case of beer on my shoulder and I walk right straight past them up to the door and they're, no, 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 you know. So we opened up the beers and, you know, and, and then he, he, he calmed down, you know, and everything and his dad come over and talked to him. And so I left and then I got DWI on the way home, you know. And uh, that one there, um, uh, the, uh, I, I was still working fire department then and uh, the, the, uh, we, I was taking a class and there was a lawyer putting on the class so I called him and I says, I says they're discriminating against me. <laughs> and so anyway, um, they did get a conviction, uh, DWI, and uh, sent me to the community college to listen to an alcoholic tell a story. And this guy talked right straight down his nose to me, and I just said, yeah, yeah, I don't want anything to do with this. You know? and, uh, and then uh, the fourth DWI, um, I was uh, uh, on a ship. I, I come in uh, 60 miles away from where I lived, and I just got a six-pack to go to 60 miles. And that was on Halloween, 1979. And I... Uh, it was Halloween, so I, you know, I got home. There's nothing to drink but a wine, and three quarters of a bottle of wine. And so I got it out, you know, and I'm pouring my drink, and and uh, and, I, and my ex says, uh, "Do you, do you have to keep drinking?" And I go, "No, I'm feeling good now. You know, I kept this right up, kept it up, put it away, and everything." About ten minutes later, or so I needed that drink, <laughs> got it all back up. So she said, "Oh, geez, you're back at it," and I go. I said, what's your problem, you know? And she says, well, it's Halloween. I want to take the kids trick-or-treating, and I want you to answer the door when the kids come in. I said, okay. I said, take the kids trick-or-treating, leave the door open, put the candy by the door, and let the kids help themselves. <laughs> I just didn't have much of a spirit for anything, you know. And, um, you know, and so anyway, and then she, she came back, and, and, and of course I, I, I told her it was her, you know, I, I said, well, I'm going down to the cocktail lounge. So I went down to the... Now, the ship come in, you know, at, at 6 at night, and it's going to sail at 2 in the morning. So I, you know, I, I went down to the cocktail lounge, had a few drinks, and and I'm sorry if it was your car when I left that I sideswiped. I sideswiped two or three of them as I drove out of there, and I, I did not stop. And um, <clears throat> I, anyway, um, but the sheriff uh, tried to pull me over uh, coming into the town. I'm sorry, the local police, and so I went into the county thinking maybe they wouldn't come out into the county, and he did. And um, so I pulled over, and he, he goes, well, you're drunk. And I said, well, I said, I'm almost home. I said, I'm right, I live right up here, you know. I said, you could write a negligent or, you know, or reckless or whatever you want, but I said, I'm almost home. And he did. I don't know if he wrote negligent or reckless. And um, so he wrote it, and I, I went home, and I told my wife, I says, you know, it's your fault that I got this DWI. And I believed it. I really did, because I had told her when I was on the ship, I had taken her car. I said, take my car in and get it fixed. I told her if I'd been driving my car, I wouldn't have got the TWI. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> anyway, the state patrol got me going down the freeway, and um, you know, I was blowing a lot of weed, you know. And, and um, it was directly to jail. No deals there, you know. And uh, so anyway, uh, the lawyer, when I went to go to court for the DWI, went in and told him for the uh, reckless or negligent, whatever, well, he's over here at the DWI, and they dismissed the two reckless and, you know, negligent. And, um, you know, because he probably should have arrested me, I guess, you know, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> so I, I uh, 
you know, it's the way my life went. You know, I, I was, like I said, I wasn't a good drinker. I, I was a binge drinker. I liked to anesthetize my brain. I liked to put the baby to bed. And alcohol did that real well with oblivion. And, um, you know, and, and um, so uh, when they sent me to the treatment center, uh, actually, the court, the court said, you, you can go to jail or you can go to treatment. And I go, well, you know, I guess I'll go to treatment. And so then they said, well, you have to pay for this. It's thousands of dollars, you know, and I go. And it was three weeks long, and I go, I'm not paying for that. So my union had a uh, treatment center just for semen back in Maryland. So, but it was six weeks long, but it's free. So I said, well, I'll go back there, you know. And um, so I went back there, um, and, and, and their, their deal was they, they fly you back, fly you home, put you on a ship. I mean, I mean they, do, they take care of everything. And, um, you know, I, I, those were my employers, you know, and, and I mean, they, they really, they saved my life. I wasn't trying to save my life, but they did. Uh, I got into the treatment center, and I, I just, um, you know, I mean, I, I still, I, I have, I, in the court system, I was five months between November and uh, March 21st, which is my A birthday. I didn't drink, but I was doing a little weed and pills, you know. So now when I got to the treatment center, I was called turkey. No more pills, no weed, no, and I still didn't have any booze. And I was going crazy. I was just, you know, I just was going crazy in my head. And I needed a drink. And um, <clears throat> so I made the meet. We had meetings in-house, or they took us out on a bus to meetings. And um, so I made it um, for three weeks. And after three weeks, I said, I said that's it. I've had it. <laughs> you know, I need a drink. I just do. And we were on a farm in Maryland, and there was no gas stations, no liquor stores. There was nothing out there. It was, and it was out in the middle of the boonies. <clears throat> and so I thought, well, you know, uh, uh, the next day they would take us to town. Uh, we were either in Leonardtown or Lexington Park. I don't know which. Uh, we were, that's the town they took us to. And, you know, I, uh, I told a couple of these guys as we were going to, to the uh, meeting, I says, well, I says, uh, I said, I'm going to drink tomorrow when we go to town because you go buy toothpaste and stuff. And um, they said, oh, you know, the union won't put you on a ship for six months. And, uh, you know, your, your wife, she doesn't want you around the kids and, you know, all this stuff. And I said, you know what, I don't give enough. I said, I, I want to, I said, I'm going to have to have a drink, you know. And, um, and so, so then we, we got to the meeting and they called on me in the meeting. Oh, he said, shouldn't have called on me. I said, I'm going to go get drunk, you know. And, uh, and they said, well, you know, we'll be here when you come back. And I said, why the hell would I come back, you know. And um, anyway, we got back to the farm, and uh, the counselor guy who was with us, he sticks his finger in my face, and he said, you're sick. You're really sick. I said, yeah, yeah, I know it, and I need a drink. And... Um, you know, and I had every intention of drinking the next day, and I didn't even know it, but I was putting the drunk off. I did not even know that I was putting the drunk off till the next day. You know, and, and um, anyway, I went over to the bunkhouse, I was reading a book, it was called Search for Serenity, and it talked about the miracle of denial. And, you know, the light came on. You know, 
uh, my friends, you know, they say, well, we don't want to drink with you. My brother, he didn't want to drink with me. Um, most people just, you know, and most I just stayed clear. I walk into bars and they go, no, no, we told you you can't come in here. I go, oh, you didn't tell me very good. I didn't know about it, you know. And, um, you know, and, and so those people knew, the union knew, everybody, my family knew, every, and I did not know. You know, my idea of an alcoholic was that skid row bum with the brown shoe and the white shoe, or the black shoe and the overcoat. And, you know, that was my idea of an alcoholic. And uh, I had no idea. And um, so uh, when, I, when the light came on, it reminded me of my last drunk when I woke up in the drunk tank again. And I wanted to put my head down and run across and smash my head into the wall and just make it all stop. But I wouldn't do it because I figured I'd screw it up. And, um, and you know, and then here now when I, when I, when I go, oh my God, I'm alcoholic, you know. Uh, I can't, you know, I listen what they'd said. They can't drink safely. I said, I can't drink safely. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. And then, and then when I found that out, I was on the second floor of the bunkhouse and it had a little sidewalk about as wide as this. And I thought, oh, that's it. Now I've got to dive out of here and smash my head. You know, I just want, I want to stop, you know. And, um, and I, I thought, again, I'll probably screw that up. Probably, you know, won't be able to move my arms and stuff and, and still, I couldn't pick up a drink. That would be worse, you know. And um, so I, I, uh, I started to listen in the meetings, you know. They, they said, you know, they had said, no one in this room ever has to take another drink. And I thought, huh? How could you do that? How could you ever go to a dance and make your feet move, you know? How, how could you make your lips flap, you know, without the social lubricant, you know? Uh, I just couldn't understand how I could function without alcohol. And uh, what I found out, you know, was that I can. I can function. You know, I, I didn't learn a lot of things growing up, you know. Um, you know, my parents uh, were... You know, children should be seen, not heard. You know, they, they didn't want to deal with this. Uh, both of them died drunk. Um, you know, and, you know, and, and um, uh, I've got four, uh, two brothers, two sisters. Uh, two brothers are alcoholic. One sister's an alcoholic. The other one's passed on. And uh, or one's not alcoholic, and the other one's passed on. And, um, you know, it, it's a disease, and it affects the people around me, and it affects me. But I had this attitude, and I remember when I was in the treatment center, they used to say, oh, we're going to go to the, we're going to go on the field trip, you know, uh, do you want to go to the dam, or do you want to go here or here? I said, man, I don't, I don't care, I don't give, you know. And they'd say, I'd say, why do you keep asking me that? And he said, real simple. He said, if you like something, we'll try and change it so you don't like it. If you don't like it, we'll try and change it so you like it. And if you don't give a can't do anything with you. And I thought, oh, God, you know. So I go, okay, okay, I won't say that anymore, you know. And that was a psychic change in me, you know, to not say that anymore. And, um, you know, and then they said, uh, you know, they also told me in there, uh, if you, if now you're alcoholic. Uh, yeah. They said, if you're going to stay sober, you have to find this power. And I said, oh, well, I don't know about that. And they go, you don't have to know. So two things you got to know about the power. There is one, and it's not you. And that's it. And I go, oh, I can do that. And the first prayer that I taught, my, they say, you have to pray. I go, first prayer I made up myself was, God help me to want not to drink. You know? And, um, and I still say that sometimes. And I have no desire to drink. 
And, um, you know, the, um, the so, so that's like what it was like. What happened was the courts got her intervened. And what it's like now. That's, I like to spend a little time with that, you know, because now I'm sober and I'm going through life and all the feelings are coming up. And now I'm starting to feel and I don't know how to handle feelings. You know, I used to drown them. You know, if I, if I felt good, man, I'd drink, drink and feel better. You know, if I felt bad, I'd drink and get drunk and not feel anything. You know, and, and so I didn't feel, you know, I'd shut down. Uh, and, and that's part of growing up in an alcoholic family. You know, I learned don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. And I just shut down. And I, I didn't know I'd shut down. You know, I didn't, and, it's, and I, I knew I couldn't talk. Now I can't, you can't get me to shut up. <laughs> so, but, you know, but I learned. I learned to talk. I learned to be social. I learned to be around you people. You know, I didn't like, I didn't discriminate when I got here. I didn't like anybody, you know. And, and here, now I like all you. You know, I, 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 I want you all to stay sober. I wish there was some magic I could just, you know, and there isn't. If you want to stay sober, inside. That's where you'll stay sober, inside. I'll tell you everything I know, how I did it, what happened, but you have to do it yourself. You know, it's inside. But you get a little help, you know, if you grab onto the power. And I still don't know what the power is. I have no idea what the power is. I just know that the power is there, and, there, and I get power from the power. And I know that. You know, I get the power to stay sober. I get the power so when I go through life, I don't have to control everything and have it my way. I just let things be, you know, and I didn't have that before. You know, I, I was, um, I just didn't have that. So I got sober. Uh, I, I go back on the ships and I start sailing and, uh, you know, everybody knew me. I was a drunk, you know, and now I'm not drinking. So it kind of worked in reverse, you know. They'd get drunk and, man, I'd bring pamphlets on the ship and I'd well, they'd go, oh, God, oh, you know. I'd say, well, you don't have to do that anymore. And I'd get them pamphlets and stuff. Yeah, I, I believed in kicking them when they're down. <laughs> and I don't know if any of them got sober or anything. I have no idea, you know. But I've remained sober, you know. <clears throat> and I still go to meetings, you know. Um, it's, a, it's a main thing. And, and, and I worked a step through, you know, in my life. Um, you know, by the time I did the four step, uh, I was a year sober. And I, I, I don't recommend anybody wait that long, but I did. And, you know, what happened was... A year sober, I was going down the big hill, and in my mind, I want to run the car to the telephone pole. Now, I wasn't drinking, but maybe white knuckling, going to meetings, but I wasn't drinking. But I, I, it was no fun, you know. It was just sucked, you know. And then I, I remember what they told me in that treatment center. You know, I did steps one, two, and three there, and they said, if you don't do any of the other steps, you'll probably get drunk. And I heard that, and I thought, no, I won't. I'll put a bullet in my head before I get drunk. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know what? I'm alcoholic. I'll drink first, then I'll put the bullet in my head. You know, because I'm alcoholic, you know. You know, what do I know? You know? And um, so I started, I, I remember what they said is, so I went to the four-step meetings, and I did a four-step, and I did a fifth-step, you know, and I started working the steps, and it changed my life. I didn't have to carry all that weight, all that crap around with me, you know. And, um, and then I, and I started sailing the ships, and so then I go, I go get my license, you know. So I got mate's license, uh, any tonnage, any ocean, take anything, anywhere. It's a powerful license. And then um, that's a godsend. I said, God, help me to get this license. Man, I study about each of this. Books, books, books. The test is a week long, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, morning, afternoon, you know. And I passed it all and got my license, you know. 
And, um, and what an accomplishment. You know, when I was drinking, I didn't even care. Couldn't care less. And then I got it, and I go, oh, hell, what do I do now? <laughs> you know? And, um, but I'd keep sailing, you know, and I'd sail on my license. And, um, you know, and, and then, you know, my son, when I, I had come in off the ship, and um, my daughter, she was okay, my wife was okay, but my son, he'd, I'd say, hey, you know, what's going on? Go to his room, you know. So I go, oh, you know, it may be a little damage here, you know. And um, so I let him. You know, I, I figured, well, okay, he's got to have a safe spot. Let him have his room as a safe spot. So I never bothered him, you know. And then when he'd come out sometime, I'd say, oh, you know, and, and you know what? In time, him and I, we went skiing together. We went up, um, you know, boating. We did, we did all kinds of things together, you know. What a gift. I would never have gotten to experience that drunk. And I wouldn't have. You know, we have motorcycles, we just rode, we just, you know, just what an awesome experience to have a family and be a part of a family. I didn't know that, you know. I had to learn to talk here. I had to learn to be social here. I, had to, I still am learning. You know, I, I don't have it all down. I don't. I still go through stuff and screw it up and, you know, I get, I get mixed up, you know. And, um, you know, but I... I and, I guess I can't stretch the power enough that I found. And I'll tell you for myself, the first steps is we admit we're powerless over alcohol. That's you and me. One drunk talking to another. We can do together what I can't do by myself. If I could do this myself, I wouldn't come here. But I can't. You know, I'm powerless over alcohol. And two, came to believe a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. I believe that's Alcoholics Anonymous. Alcoholics Anonymous, through the steps, is restoring me to sanity. And step three, for me, turn my life and will. My life is my breath. My will is the faculty I make decisions with. Turn that over to God. God doesn't want me to drink. So, okay, I don't know what God is, but I know God doesn't want me to do drink. So, so what do I do? I do that every day. I say, God, take my life, my will. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I, I screwed it up enough, you know. Um, you know, I just, I just uh, did tremendous, you know, horrendous things when I was drunk. Uh, wake up with no, you know, crap the pants, pee to bed, you know, crazy stuff, you know, that, that I don't do sober, you know. Um, there was uh, a, lot of, a lot of damage. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, trying to go back in my past and make up for that damage, I just do that one day at a time here in Alcoholics. And, and that's how much I don't drink. One day at a time. That's all I got to do is get through today. I might drink tomorrow. I don't know. But today, I have no desire to drink, you know. And, um, you know, I'm really glad that I get to go back and look at my past, remember where I came from, so I can tell you what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. It's just a beautiful world now. And it wasn't before. It was, you know, but it took me time to learn that. I was, uh, Art is a friend of mine. He we just went out to dinner with them. They're down in Tucson. They came up uh, to Scottsdale, so we went out to dinner. And uh, I was three years sober, and I thought, am I ever going to have any friends? A lot of acquaintances, but I thought, am I ever going to have any friends? And, um, and, and at four years sober, he said, will you sponsor me? He was a Vietnam vet. And I go, sure, you know, now what, you know? And he's still sober, you know? What a... What an awesome, and he's, he's been through a lot of stuff himself, but that's his story, you know. 
And, and I'm sure you've all been through a lot of stuff. And I'm sure I've probably talked enough. Our attention spans only really five to seven minutes. So if you caught any of it, good deal. <laughs> so I'll have to pass back to you and let you open it up or do whatever you do.